Hello and welcome. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day, study God's word, and then head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that he's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. I want to invite you to also download our mobile app. Just go wherever you get your apps and get type in sound of heaven won't be hard to find and there is a free digital bible on there so you can follow along with us as we study through the gospel of matthew but also you can join our online community you can pray with us you can chat with us you can watch the services it's just a good decision to download that app and if you're listening anywhere where you get your podcasts leave a like share subscribe turn on your notifications like I tell you every day, we don't want you to miss ev- anything, not miss everything, miss <laughs> anything. Okay, so we are at the end of Matthew chapter 5, but as we have been discussing, that is not the end of the Sermon on the Mount. We will go through the Sermon on the Mount uh, for another two chapters, but we've been really breaking this down in bite-sized pieces. The Sermon on the Mount is the first account uh, in Matthew of Jesus really stopping to start teaching the crowds. And he's teaching them uh, how to operate in the kingdom of God, how to operate in the new covenant that was being established. And I love how we see Jesus just starting to peel away everything that they have been taught Right. And this is what made Jesus quite unpopular. You had the religious leaders of this time who um, had taught a certain way. Uh, They were in a period of, dare I say, spiritual drought. It had been a long time since God had done anything uh, in that society. Uh, They were being ruled over by Rome. They were hoping for a Messiah that was going to come and kick Rome's butt. And Jesus comes on the scene and is not the warrior king, at least in the way that they wanted him to be, right? They wanted him to be like King David, come in and destroy their enemies. Uh, But as we see today, Jesus comes with a a different message. And uh, as we were going through, right, blessed are those who are uh, are persecuted. Blessed are those who um, are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. He, Jesus dives, goes right for the law and says, hey, I've come to fulfill the law, but I want to clarify some things. And then starts going down the list, murder, adultery, marriage, and he's shifting their mindset. Yesterday, we went through uh, the concept of an eye for an eye, right? Retribution and revenge. And he starts off every part. So you have heard it was said. That's Jesus's way of telling them, I'm going to shift your mindset about the your teaching so far or what you've learned. And today may be the hardest for us to swallow. It's probably the hardest for them. And it is something that is very difficult for us to do, but would change the entire world if this mindset caught on. So I want to dive into this right now. Where is it? Okay. Starting Matthew chapter 5, 43 through 48. Brace yourselves. 
You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your neighbors. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Remember, one of the blesseds are, blesseds are the peacemakers, but they will be called the children of God. So now Jesus, after really, like I said, peeling back everything that they've been learning, comes out with, I know you've been told to love your neighbor. Everyone's like, yeah, of course, love your neighbor. Now, who they considered their neighbor was an interesting thing. We'll get to that in a second. But also love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And this is something that even probably listening to this, it turns our insides because we don't want to pray for those who persecute us. We want to crush those who persecute us. That's our flesh. Jesus is telling us to do something different. And the Mosaic law, this is a great example, by the way, of how they operated in half truth, right? Because love your neighbor is absolutely true. But what happened in the Mosaic law, Leviticus 19, 18, talked about loving your neighbor. Challenge was they considered their neighbor those who were circumcised, right? Who Those who believed what they believed. Jesus is expanding the concept of what your neighbor is, not just those who believe what you believe. And some of the teachers would start to teach that was and, and there was an equal obligation to hate your enemies. And Jesus is correcting that. Because their mentality was, you don't believe what I believe, you're my enemy. You're a Roman, you're my enemy. So I want to ask you, do you think that God has enemies? I would venture to say that he does not have enemies. And why I say that is, is everywhere in the New Testament, I had it up here, and I don't have it now. But I know Romans 5.10 says, when we were enemies, let me pull that up here. Romans 5.10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Meaning that Jesus did what he did while we were technically enemies. Now, I want to challenge you to do a word study of everything that says that we are enemies of God and note that in the New Testament, and that's what we have to look to, the Old Testament's very important because it shows us where we came from humanity. Remember, the Old Testament is the old covenant between man and God. We don't live in that anymore. We're not under the law anymore. Okay, so in the New Testament, they had a a fuller view because they had the teachings of Jesus. And you'll notice every time we are noted as the enemies of God, it's we have made ourselves enemies of God, meaning that God has never looked at us as enemies. And if you look even here when Jesus is talking, he is expanding the concept of being a neighbor beyond those who believe and saying that everyone is your neighbor. 
So the challenge here, as Jesus lays it out, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. Next verse. He causes his son, S-U-N, to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? Tax collectors still get a bad rap and uh, maybe rightfully so. I won't go there. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Jesus is saying, he causes the, the sun to rise on the evil and the good and, the sun, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So everybody around us is a neighbor under the banner of God in natural law. Whether, whether someone believes in God or not, look, I get a lot of flack online sometimes, even for some of the teachings. You know, and I used to take the bait and try to go back and forth and, uh, you know, it's okay to move on. Or uh, I can give you many examples of of times I said, you know what, I'm not going to fight with this person. I'm not going to insult this person. And I'm, and you could probably, I, I've done it before. I'm really trying to get better at it. Um, and, I, and this year I really like made a decision. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight with people. I'm not going to sling mud. Uh, if anything, I'll ask questions. I'll ask them to clarify. I'll try to show them more love than they show me. And I'll tell you, it has really paid off, it paid dividends. You know, some people, they just continue being who they are, and that's fine. You know, Jesus was perfectly fine with you walking away and moving on, right? He, When he sent the disciples out to go from house to house, he said, if you're not, if you're rejected, what do you do? Wipe the dust off your feet. Keep moving. Even the rich young ruler, when he asked Jesus, How do, what do I need to do to follow you? He said, sell your stuff. Come with me. Rich, rich young, young ruler's like, nah, I'm good. Did Jesus chase after him? No. Jesus let him walk. Let him walk. But you can love those who don't love you back. You can love those who disagree with you. The big challenge that we get into, and this is this, this is honestly everybody. We want to silo ourselves into echo chambers where we're only surrounded by people who believe what we believe. The problem with that is, is that when we get, we, we, we build these small armies and then what do we do? We, we eventually, if you imagine in two armies on different sides of the field, we, and a lot of times this is social media, we run to the middle, we fight each other. And the last person standing. The problem is, is a lot of times we tear each other apart and we just go back to our camps and we become more bitter and angry with one another. And here we are more and more divided versus trying to find a common ground. And I think a big part of this is that we put good and evil as if they're opposing, right? Well, why wouldn't Jesus fight his enemies? Because he doesn't have to. He has all the power and the authority. God has all the power and the authority. I'm going to show you, or, or, or if you're listening now, talk to you about what I think is the dumbest 
picture that's out there on the internet. If you're watching live, I'm going to put it up here. It's a picture of, uh, of Jesus. I'll describe it for you. Picture of Jesus arm wrestling the devil. This is, I don't use the word blasphemy often. This is borderline blasphemy. If it's not flat out by the, by the definition, because what this says is that the evil in the world is equal to the the good in God. And that's utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. This is, if you've got this anywhere, throw it away. If you got it on a t-shirt, throw it away. And if you search it, it's a picture of Jesus and looks like he's in heaven with arm wrestling the devil and the devil looking, de- devil's looking a little buff. Can't see Jesus under his robe here. But, uh, Utterly ridiculous. Nothing in evil is the equivalent. We don't need a yin and a yang. God is all-knowing, all-powerful, which is why he doesn't have any enemies, okay? Nothing you can do can hurt God. You can only We can only hurt ourselves by making ourselves enemies to, to God. But when you lean into God, you realize that God loves you dearly. And the people that you hate, the people that are persecuting you, whether you like it or not, God loves them dearly as well. So what do we do? What do we do? We love our neighbors. That includes everybody. We pray for those who mistreat us. Because they need a touch from God just like you and I need a touch from God. And there's people in my life who I could have deemed them as an enemy, but now I'm glad that they're a good friend, that they're close, that we can cohabitate in this world. Just a quick story, and we're right at the 1% here. I know the the um, faith-based community and the LGBTQ community are really at odds right now. It's really, really a hot button issue. And I try not to touch on any of this stuff too much here, but I was at the, I was at a meeting. It was the Republican youth council. And there was a bunch of people there. this is going back about 10 years ago. And there was people from different organizations. I was there representing sound of heaven. And, um, <clears throat> It was myself and and a few down was like pride for youth. And I was praying to God. I said, God, what do you, what do you want me to say? Cause they're going around the room, like the CEO of, you know, these large nonprofits are there and they're talking about, you know, line items and budget items. And I didn't have anything to talk about on that end, but I wanted something that could unify the room. And God turned my attention to the um, pride for youth folks. And you know, being that this is such a hot button issue, it's interesting to talk about now, but I just want to show how extending an olive, olive branch, extending love to those who maybe disagree with you in areas, what it can, what it can do, because I believe in my heart that we've got a lot more in common than we, than not. We, we fight and devour one another over things. And I've got some strong convictions in areas as well. But what I'm saying is what we all have in common is that God loves us all deeply. And when we as Christians just 
you know, facepalm everybody around us that doesn't agree with us. The challenge is, is that we not only drive them away from us, we drive them away from Jesus. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to say? And God puts on my heart. I want you to apologize to the pride for youth folks for the way the faith-based community sometimes treats them. And this is going back 10 years ago. So I'm not talking about anything currently, but I said, really, Lord, that's what you want me to do. And he was, I just, I knew it. He said, yes, you know, that's the beauty of the Holy spirit inside you. If you're willing to listen, God's always talking. So it's my turn and I stand up and I just say, hey, before I get started here, and really what I wanted to talk about is what we needed in the community <clears throat> was to have more of the faith-based community be in different areas, you know, uh, and and to participate and to sit at the table with civic leaders, which I later on have had the opportunity to do quite a bit. <clears throat> but before I get even do that, I turn over to the director uh, uh, from Pride for Youth. I said, before I, I get started, I just want to publicly say that I am sorry to you for the way the faith-based community sometimes treats the LGBT community. And I just want to say publicly, that's a room full of dozens and dozens of people, publicly that God loves you. God loves your community. And God would welcome you with open arms through Jesus Christ. Something to that effect. And do you know that person welled up and got really emotional? And it was, you could, you could hear a pin drop in that room. And it was really an amazing moment. And I was happy to, to follow what God wanted because it's certainly not what I wanted to do. It was very uncomfortable for me. Um, but I did it. And the cool thing was that they actually extended an invitation to us and invited us in to minister to the children there. And when we did that, I mean, I have countless stories of this, but I'll tell you one. One child came up and said, I can't believe that you came here today. I thought you hated us. This was awesome. It's so nice to see, to hear that God loves us too. We were a bridge to Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you need to compromise in areas. I'm not saying that you even need to um, <clears throat> participate in things. But if you're willing to be the voice of God, the voice that says God loves you, not God wants to destroy you, not you are an enemy of God, but to speak the truth that God loves everyone, even those who don't love him back. And this last line, we're a few minutes over today, but that's okay. It says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Be perfect. Well, guess what? It's going to be real hard for you to be perfect, but we can acknowledge that God is perfect. We can now acknowledge that Jesus is perfect and that our righteousness doesn't come by our own, but our righteousness comes through Jesus and that we can strive toward perfection. And part of that 
is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And that's to not only love your neighbor, but even consider those who don't believe what you believe as neighbors. Even those who would persecute you and hurt you, ones that you would call your enemies, you love them too. You pray for them too. You bless them too. Because in doing so, you show them the love of God and you build a bridge. And you watch how many people, how many times people cross that bridge and come to Christ because you were bold enough to be Jesus to them. Some people that you meet today, you're the only Jesus that they're going to meet today. So how are you going to act? All right. I love you guys. Uh, let's pray. This was a heavy one because it's not easy. But I pray for you to consider how you could love your neighbor, how you could even love your enemy, who you consider your neighbor to be. Right? Imagine if everybody did this. Imagine if we didn't just sit in our own camps and just throw stones at one another. But instead, but instead, we love one another, that we came to the table. Look, we may be totally politically different. Politically, spiritually. But you're telling me that two groups of people can't come together, raise money for St. Jude's? Can we find the common ground of Hey, we want to take care of sick kids. Can we find the common ground of wanting to feed home, homeless veterans? Can we find the common ground of wanting to get together and clean up the beaches? Right? <laughs> Why do we only focus on the things that we disagree about? Why is it that we demand that everyone who thinks differently than us is somehow a moral monster make a decision for that not to be you today just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean that they're morally corrupt guess what we're all to some degree morally corrupt and that's where the grace of god comes in and has the ability to change us all strive toward being more like jesus today love your neighbor love your enemy amen let's pray Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, you, I believe that you've touched our heart with these teachings. We're going to continue through the Sermon on the Mount, Lord God. But let us pause to reflect today on how we could better treat those around us, both the people that we know and love and the people that are hard to love, even the people that pit themselves against us. How can we be like you in these situations? How can we be a peacemaker? So that we can show the world that we are your child. Father, help us to be strong in those opportunities. Help us to bless those, even those that curse us. And help us to be like you today. In Jesus' mighty name. Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church. Uh, check us out at soh.church. One a few minutes over, but this one's important. They're all important. But if we would learn to love those that we disagree with, could we not change the world? I think we can. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for sometimes a little more than 1% of our day, but then we head out to do something amazing with the remaining 99%. Do something amazing today. Love you guys.